ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930%. The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Monday, January 25th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can be a part of the program by calling the White Claw phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. White Claw hard seltzer made pure. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about this Marshall game that just concluded on Saturday. The Thundering Herd getting the sweep of FIU and and that second game, it was it was going back and forth. It was tight. I thought Darius George then throws in a three-pointer, breaks a 62-all tie, and then the herd, herd just goes. Marshall just hits the gas and almost never looks back. 89-72 victory. Thundering Herd winning the series. And guess what? Marshall now, after losing a couple of games to Western Kentucky, and after splitting with Louisiana Tech, Marshall gets the road sweep right back in this thing. Three up and three down in the win-loss column. Thundering Herd back in action, taking on FAU. That's coming up this week, Friday and Saturday at the Cam Henderson Center. So we'll have Dan D'Antoni later on this week to talk about it. Looking forward to that. We've also got coming up later on this hour, Tony Kemper, head coach of the Marshall women's team. His team splitting over the weekend against FIU as well. And I think more importantly, you want to get them both. You fair, fair, you want to get them both. But if you can get that second one, after losing the first one, that says something. That says you, okay, you figured out your opponent. You got you to gotta look at them. They came in, whatever the reason was, they get the victory. You've got a quick turnaround. Can you turn around and do better? Can you make it better? And Marshall's women were able to do that. Had a, a rough go of it in the third quarter, but really came on the fourth quarter. Gets the victory over FIU, 65-56. to And with the split, Marshall improves to 4-6 and six now. 3-5 and five in Conference USA. FIU falls to 7-7 and seven and 4-4 four and four in the league. So 3-5, and five, I'll take that. It's still a process as we talk, but that's with Coney Kemper coming up a little bit later on. With the Marshall men, though, I want to take a look at what happened on Saturday, especially what happened on Saturday, because you look at how Marshall won this one. Marshall shot 33 of 71%. And the three-point line necessarily is... It's not where Marshall usually is shy. Marshall is 7 of 18. Marshall's usually not shy when it comes to the three-point shot, right? Marshall shoots 7 of 18. 46.5% field, 38.9% from the three-point line. And in that second half, Marshall was 4 of 10. First half, they were 3 of 8. But the free throw line was good to the herd as well. 16 of 18. You take that any day. And you look at some of the specialty points in the paint. Marshall Marshall got 34 points in the paint. 
FIU could get 24. Points off turnovers. This was huge. 21-1 in favor of Marshall. FIU had 16 turnovers. Marshall only had six. That's ball security right there. You want to hang on to the ball. Six turnovers, one point off turnover. Second chance points, 18-12 in favor of the Herd. Fast break points, 10-2 in favor of the Herd. Bench scoring was FIU 37-26. But you look at where you got your offense from, and Marshall got its offense from Tavion Kinsey. 8 of 22. Three-point shot wasn't going for him, 1 of 5. But the free throws were going in for the most part, 5 of 6 there, 12 rebounds, so give him the double-double. Also, three assists in the game, one steal. 37 minutes, 22 points, more of a Tavion Kinsey-like game. And then Andrew Taylor, another great performance, I thought, 20 points, 9 of 13. Hit none of his three-pointers, though. He's got to work on that, 0 of 2. Still, he didn't live or die out there. Uh, He had uh, an opportunity to get a free throw line, hit both of those, had six rebounds, had a couple of assists, and 33 minutes of Andrew Taylor out there. I thought those were some really good minutes. And then you look at David Early. David Early had a nice game, 14 points, and I hope to see more nice games from David Early. Five of seven from the field, and he hit both of his three-point attempts, hit both his free throws. He had three rebounds on the – Defensive glass, he only had one, two offensive, but he had three rebounds. He was playing with three fouls at one point, had three assists in this game, a couple of steals, 20 minutes. I liked it. And then Darius George, 10 points, three of five. He was perfect from the free throw line, hit them both. He was perfect from the three-point line, hitting both of his attempts. And what else stood out about him was he was able to pull down a couple of rebounds, both on the offensive and defensive sides of the glass. He was out there with only one foul. Yeah, Marshall only fouled 11 times. Darius had two assists, had a turnover, but he had a couple blocks, and he had a steal as well. And for 22 minutes, that was a good performance. Uh, Jared West, I'm sure he's working through it. Jared is trying to figure out how to get it back. I think the guy who was hit hardest with the layover was Jared West. And seven points from him, not a Jared West-type night. Two steals. Again, not a Jarrett West type night. He is definitely looking to get his rhythm back. And then Jansen Williams, Jansen, you could only get six points. He's out there 16 minutes. But of course, Darius George, David Early, Obina had several minutes out there. You know, a lot of guys were getting some minutes. And of course, Jansen was just not hitting. I mean, he shot two of three from the field. Uh, he was, um, and they were all three pointers, two of three. But other than that, it just wasn't clicking for him there. He had six points total. He had a total of three rebounds, had an assist, had one foul. So he's not out there very long. And Thundering Herd, I think, getting good performance from really the bench. I mean, David Early, that was a good performance from him. Darius George, good performance from him. So that minute, those minutes had to come somewhere. FIU, one thing that did stand out, just how many three-pointers were they going to take? And I thought Marshall would try to match them, or FIU would be in a shooting contest with Marshall, but instead Marshall's 7 of 18 in that game from three, and FIU's 11 of 35. Free throw is really not a factor for them, 7 of 11. And 
Marshall outscores him in the first half, 43-36. Marshall outscores him in the second half, 46-36. And as we told you, it's a 62 tie, 62 points for everybody. And then Darius George hits a three-pointer, and the next thing you know, I think the accelerator gets floored, and Marshall just says, we're done. I mean, FIU made some runs, though. I mean, both of them had runs of 10 at one point, and Marshall led by 20. 43 seconds. FIU led by nine in the in the first. So these teams had opportunities on both sides. There were five lead changes. The game was tied six times. And I think the free throw line helped the herd. I think the shot selection helped the herd. I mean, 33 is 71, 46.5%. And most of those are not coming from the three-point line. You'll take it any time. Then you look at the paint, 34 points in the paint. You'll take it every single time. Now, FAU is coming into the Henderson Center. That means the ladies are on the road this week. We're going to talk to Tony Kemper later on in the program. Uh, Tomorrow, I hope to hear from Dan D'Antoni. We'll uh, catch up with him, see what his thoughts are. Looking ahead to FAU. But that's tomorrow. Still to come, Tony Kemper. Uh, We'll talk about what's happening on Super Bowl Sunday. You all know the Super Bowl is coming up, right? You can catch it right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I don't know if you knew that. A couple of teams you might be familiar with are playing in that game. Uh, there's a coach. He's on the Tampa Bay squad. You might have heard of him. He he used to go to Marshall. We'll talk about that when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. So to come, we're going to hear from Tony Kemper, the head coach of the Marshall women's basketball team. His squad getting the rebound win on Saturday. We'll talk to him about it and the series coming up on the road, taking on FAU. Later on, we'll talk about that Marshall men's soccer schedule that was released earlier this afternoon. So we'll get into that with you. And, of course, your phone calls at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Anytime you want to be a part of the White Claw phone lines, that's the number you got to dial to get into today's edition of The Drive. So Super Bowl's coming up here in a couple weeks. We're going to have that broadcast for you on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. And your defending champion, Kansas City Chiefs are back. Beat Buffalo 38-24 in the AFC Championship. And then do something that I can't believe has never happened. Not beating Green Bay. It was a fun game, but beat Green Bay. Win the NFC Championship 31-26. And then become the first team with the opportunity to play a Super Bowl in its home stadium. So the Super Bowl is taking place on February 7th at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida. They have played this thing 55 times, right? 55? And there have been 25 venues that have held Super Bowls. So it's rotated a few times. It's gone a couple places. But this thing has never featured the home team as in the tenant, in the game itself. That's 
that's a completely different dynamic, right? I mean, the crowd's going to be a little different. It's not going to necessarily be your home crowd, but it's going to be your home crowd to a degree. And with COVID-19 and the pandemic still prevalent throughout the country and the restrictions or the guidelines we're all following right now, or trying to anyway, what's the crowd going to be like? How many people are going to be in attendance? What is that crowd going to be made of? What's the composition going to be? I mean, is it going to be a lot of people who just spend a lot of money to get to the game? Will it be real hardcore Tampa fans? Is it going to be Kansas City Chiefs fans getting an opportunity here? What's the, the composition of this crowd going to be? And something else to keep in mind. I mean, either way it goes, you can be the home team and you get the comforts of being the home team, or you could get relegated to the visiting locker room and go, hey, sorry, you're the road team here. What? Okay. That sometimes puts a chip on a team's shoulder. You gotta go, you gotta go in the visitors' locker room. Because let's be honest. Visitors' locker rooms never as nice. Never. It's not as nice. It's adequate, it's sufficient, it's okay, it's vanilla, it's here it is, here's the locker room. It's not as if the home team's gonna go out of its way to make sure that the visitors locker room is anything other than standard and passable. Fair to say, passable. Of course, a NFL locker room compared to a college locker room for the visitors or any other level, I'm sure is a lot more passable than what most people go through in their football career, right? I mean, let's be honest. But still, I mean, you start playing the mind games and Tom Brady getting back to the Super Bowl. Tom Brady, he's going to play in his 10th Super Bowl. 10th Super Bowl, he's won six. Won six, lost three, has an opportunity to win a Super Bowl first year with Tampa Bay. And then does he retire? I mean, that's another question. And then does he retire? Or does he go, you know what, I got a couple more of these in me. I think I can do this again. Because win or lose, right here is the statement. Look, I'm Tom Brady. I left the New England Patriots, went to Tampa Bay, and I'm back in the Super Bowl. Back in the Super Bowl for the 10th time in his 21 seasons. So basically, just playing on Tom Brady being there every other year. And now, the question that was put forth by a lot of people on social media, am I rooting for Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator, former Marshall quarterback, great, or am I rooting against Tom Brady? Because a lot of people are not rooting for Tom Brady. They don't like the GOAT getting even goatier. I mean, look at his career. Look what he's done. If you were wondering who made it work in that New England's offense, it was Tom Brady. Now, maybe Belichick's the reason why he got there to a lot of them, but the Patriots aren't looking very good right now, and Tom Brady's looking really good. And then don't forget, you have Kansas City, the defending champions. They're going to have something to say about this. A lot of people think that Patrick Mahomes is going to be the future of the the GOAT which is a title we throw around with such ease. 
I mean, in football, there can only be one greatest of all time, right? I mean, you can't have multiple goats. I mean, it's not like it's not like it's a badge. Hey, you know, it's like the goat club here, the the greatest of all time. There's a conversation going on, and uh, Aaron Rodgers right now uh, is not in that conversation. By the way, I think Aaron Rodgers will be back in some capacity playing football. But he showed that he still got a lot, a lot in him. But at the same time, Tom Brady showed why he is Tom Brady. Don't be surprised if the Patriots win this uh, here in a few years uh, with Belichick. But don't be shocked if Tom Brady pulls this one out of his uh, hat for Tampa Bay right now. Because I still think Belichick's one of the greatest coaches of all time. I think he does a fantastic job putting stuff together. He's just going to have to go work for it a little harder now. So don't be surprised. At the very end, you're going to have the Patriots maybe winning a Super Bowl again sometime in the future, but the definite bet right now is Tom Brady. And I'm sure if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan, you're probably disagreeing with me, and that's fine because, honestly, I'm flipping a coin right now. I don't know where I'm going with this. Tony Kemper joins me on the other side of the break. We're going to talk Marshall women's basketball with him. Later on, we'll break down the Marshall men's soccer schedule. That has been released, so we'll get into that here on The Drive, presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. It's The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Marshall women get the victory Saturday over FIU 65-56. Split the series with the Panthers. And joining me now to tell us more about it, the head coach of the Marshall women's basketball team, Tony Kemper. And um, as I was um, as I was saying on the show earlier, you don't want to lose them both. And if you have to lose one, you'd rather lose the first one than the second one because uh, I think the second one shows uh, you were able to bounce back, adjust, do whatever coaching magic, whatever player magic, right? Is that is that where it's going here? Well, I mean, it sounds like you're trying to give me credit for the second day, so I'll, I'll take credit whenever we can. But I guess the flip side could be I need to get them ready to have a little better performance on Friday. But I it, – I know it was an important game for us to bounce back and play at a higher level, and we certainly did that on Saturday. Um, you know, against the team, which you, know, you and I talked earlier in the week, they were, that was a challenge as far as just how they play and the press, and, and uh, we just hadn't seen that this year. And, um, you know, really, uh, I, I was really happy with our team's ability to adjust, um, to maybe make a couple alterations. Um you know, in a window that's pretty tight and figure out a way to play much better and get a win on Saturday. So we, we'll we take it. Um, we need to find a way to get a set piece. And, uh, you know, that certainly would help us in, in conference standings and things like that going forward. Hey, to give you credit, you hadn't seen it. So the first game, basically, yeah, whatever you threw out there, uh, it was going to be new to you, right? I mean, at least for these players. You you, you go out there, you – you see what they throw, and then you take that punch, you come right back. I think that's uh, that's the testament right there. Yeah, you know, to be honest with you, I think the biggest the, the biggest adjustments were made on the defense. You know, we just didn't guard them very well on, on Friday. And, um, 
probably a better we kind of had an idea of how they were going to try to get us. We just didn't do a very good job of taking that stuff away. And I think on Saturday we made it much more difficult um, for them to get the shots they wanted. And then, um, you know, when you're playing a pressing team, they're not scoring as much. They're not that press as much. And um, that, you know, those kind of things, that's kind of the stuff we had talked about all week about how to maybe make it a game that looks like how we want to play instead of them. And I think, you know, Friday, it was probably, it's probably fair to say they dictated things, and on Saturday we did. So, um, probably says a lot about the, um, maybe the parity of our side specifically in our league. I think it's very tight. You know, I, I mean, we, uh, you know, Charlotte is undefeated in our league. Uh, we played them to overtime on their floor without two of our starters, you know, and, uh, just things like that. I don't think there's a lot of difference in a lot of us teams, and we're, uh, we're doing our best to work through all this stuff and um, try to get some rhythm to our season. And, um, you know, I know it was great to bounce back and, and, and play good on Saturday. Are you finding that in this new format going back to back that it's going to be hard to get those sweeps? It's not happening as much across the board. You, you look at how these games turn out. The team wins the first one, not necessarily going to win the second one. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's been a little bit typical of our series for sure, you know, is that um, game, I guess we've had one that I can think of here right offhand where, you know, game game one and game two were similar, and that was Louisiana Tech in the first one out. I mean, it was a pretty even game, went overtime on Friday night, and then, you know, Saturday was a tight game all the way to the end too. But, you know, you look at Charlotte, Charlotte got after us pretty good on Friday, and then we closed it and got beaten overtime. Uh, Western was night and day different, you know, the team that we played here versus the team that we played over there. And then, um, you know, this weekend was something like that as well. I mean, a 25, 26 point turnaround between, you know, in our favor between Friday and to Saturday. So it's, uh, it, it's definitely unique. And I, I think, uh, I think if we could figure out a little bit better, um, some of these weekends, how to play that first night, um, you know, I, I think we seem to be, our team seems to be doing a good job of, on Saturdays of kind of figuring out what we're going to change and going and getting it done. Um, you know, when you come out of the gate a little bit hotter on these Friday night games. Tony Kemper joins me, head coach of the Marshall women's basketball team, splitting the series. Now you mentioned uh, you're back on the road, so you've got two. You're going down to Florida. Uh, I'm looking out the window right now, the studio window here. It's nasty, um, so I'm sure you're not looking forward to going down to nicer weather. I, I just feel for you. <laughs> well, I really feel for yeah, you. Yeah, South South Florida typically in you know January, February is it's a miserable down there for us when we get on that plane and it's muggy when you land in Florida. You know we don't we don't do well down there, but um, it it should be nice. We we should enjoy the the break and. Um, and yet, at the same time, I, I like it up here in the wintertime. It's, it's basketball weather. You know, there's there's a reason why um, people in the north, I think, can play basketball. you got to go inside and work at it. You know, so we're, uh, we'll enjoy the weather. I'm sure it'll be different. I actually haven't looked at it to see even what it is. But um, typically, that's a, that's a nice little break from the, the wintertime. How are you finding uh, your teams adjusting to this different schedule? Because you're playing two at home, then you're going on the road for a couple, back at home for a couple, doing it all over again. Are they adjusting okay to it? Is there a special cadence you need to get into? Or 
Is it just basketball and I'm putting too much into this right now? I, you know, I think my statement, just myself personally, I, this, this league is hard to try. It doesn't really matter how you do it. I mean, it's a difficult league to travel in. You know, I mean, it, there's just no two ways about it. it. It doesn't matter if you play, you know, at UTEP on Friday and Saturday or you play at San Antonio on Thursday and UTEP on Saturday. That's a tough trip no matter what. So I, I think um, – I actually probably think it might be a little bit easier doing them this way, and I may be in the minority on that. But, um, you know, those travel days in between are difficult days. Um, switching – the uh, switching the scout, you know, you play a game, you got to go through a whole new prep day that following day that there's a little bit more involved, you know, there, I think, uh, you know, our staff, I think has done a good job. They've really helped me as far as, you know, we understand going into, it. we can't change a lot of things, but we've got to kind of pinpoint what we do feel like we can change. And, uh, you know, I think we've done a, a pretty good job of that. I think sometimes the scores reflect that too, that, Hey, you know, here's the really two keys going forward. And we've kind of flipped that switch um, in multiple games now to, to come out with a better result. So I, I think it's fine. Um, you know, I, I think if, obviously if we were having to travel, and then play that following day, it'd be, it'd be impossible. But um, it feels quite a bit to me as far as on the girls and their their bodies and the, what they're going through. I, I mean, it kind of seems similar to me, even though we lost that rest day in between. But we also lost a travel day. You know, I mean, when you when you play Old Dominion on Thursday, the, the, under the old schedule, it's Old Dominion on Thursday and then Charlotte on Saturday. Well, that's a that actually is not an easy trip between Old Dominion to Charlotte. So. Um, it's kind of six of one, half a dozen of another, I think, at this point. And, and maybe I've learned that, you know, through the first four or five weekends, whatever we've had. So let's talk about your opponent. Um, Conference USA, it's – I don't know how to put my finger on this league. You probably have a better handle than I do. Uh, what can you tell us about FAU and uh, what are they about? Well, I think, the, I think the biggest thing about our league is I, I think it is very even. You know, I, I I just do. When you look at um, even some of the games that we've gone through, I, I'm not the, the league is pretty bunched up. I, I think I think Middle Tennessee. When you look at what they've done, I think they're probably slightly ahead of maybe everybody on our side. Um, Rice is really good on the other side. North Texas has gotten off to a good start. You know, and then Charlotte. Um, I think Charlotte's Charlotte's four zero now. They've had two series canceled at this point, so they. Uh, you know, we've played eight games in the league. They've played four. Um, so I, I, that's my first takeaway. I think I know our side pretty well. and um, You know, maybe even looking at who FAU has played. I think FAU is at the bottom of our league right now. But, you know, they've played a tough schedule in terms of who they played. And um, I know that it's a quality team. Uh, they've got a guard that's probably as electric as any guard we've got in our league, and that's Iggy Allen. And uh, she's going to cause us – um, all weekend, and she's kind of one of those players that you know you're going to try to uh, take things away from her, and she's so athletic, um, she's going to figure out a way to get it done anyway. You know, may, there might be some like Tavion Kinsey in there where you just can't take it all away because they're just such a superior, um, you know, runner, jumper, leaper, whatever you want to call it. And Iggy's that way for them. And I think she shoots 30% of their shots, so she gets a high volume. Of, of their possessions and she does a lot with them. So that's the biggest challenge. And then they, they really recruit um, foreign kids 
at a high rate. So skill and shooting and things like that. So it's kind of stretch the floor, and then they've got a player that can really get at you from all three levels. So it'll be a challenge. Um, you know, a year ago, we we actually got them pretty good up here, and they got us down there. So um, you know, I think it's a it's obviously going to be a tough series, and having to go on the road to do it makes it makes it that much uh, tougher, I guess. Tony Kemper joining me. The ladies are on the road. FAU, uh, you're going to be on the road. The men will be back here. Um, it's been fun. I'll, I'll say this much: it's it's been fun. Just uh, you know, we get to see you both on Friday and Saturday, so uh, that's one plus. I, I enjoy it, but uh, it's been tough, man. It, it's been tough just trying to. Um, this this league is tough. That's all I can say. It's, this league is tough. Yeah, I got yeah, nothing. I think it, it is. It is kind of interesting how. Uh, you know, it feels like there's a lot going on on the weekends, you know, with us and the men. And we're, we're, we play head-to-head a lot more than we used to do. You know, I, usually those Saturday games um, a year ago, a lot of times the men would play after us. You know, so maybe we'd be on the road and um, I'd be watching their game on, on my phone, you know, on the bus on the way to the airport and things like that. Um, this year I feel like we're, we're, we play a lot at the same time, so there's a lot of Marshall basketball uh, information hitting at the same time. And um, I was happy for them to go down and get a sweep down at FIU. Um, you know, I think with with both of us, I think developing a rhythm uh, in basketball. And I think we're getting ready to start all these other Olympic sports now, too. And I think, you know, who you, who you have available and things like that, it, it matters so much and how much practice you had. And, um, you know, I think that's probably a bigger factor in all this stuff than maybe even at the beginning of the year, I thought it would be, um, you know, that, that makes it challenging from, from one week to the next. And, um, it's, our league is good. Um, I'm, I'm happy with, I think the safety stuff they put in and it's, you you and I talked a lot in August, September about, you know, what we get here. And, um, you know, I think when you look at all the challenges, I think so far, knock on wood, I think, I think we're doing a, a decent job of putting it together. Tony Kemper joining me, the head coach of the Marshall women's basketball team, uh, back at it on the road. So uh, I guess um, the next time I see you will be on Zoom, which uh, I, I I prefer this over Zoom. I, I get it. You're a busy man, though. I mean, you're 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 probably at, you're probably busier than the new football coach. That's how busy you are. Now, there's no way I'm busier than Coach Huff. He's he's got a he's got quite a presence, doesn't he? I mean, I, it's been. Uh... It's been really neat to see his excitement for Marshall and being here. And um, actually, haven't met him yet, but boy, I'm excited to uh, to get to to meet him. And um, I'm a huge. I, I, that's one of the things I love about coaching here. I, I love. I played high school football long, long ago. Um, almost played in college, but ended up going basketball. So that's a sport that uh, that I certainly like. And um, you know, I'm excited to see what he puts together. And um, there's certainly a lot of buzz around here for him and what he's got going on. So. That's uh, nothing but good things. I don't think coming out of that. I mean, he's giving you shout outs on Twitter yeah, I, I, and whatever other he, social media platform, I guess. He's just sh- shout. It does almost sound like he was drawing up plays for you. I'm like, what? Coach, take it easy. Coach Kemper's got it. <laughs> hey, we, we, uh, we could have used some on Friday. Saturday I had it, but Friday I might have needed a little help. But um, you're right. He, he's, got a, he's got a great presence on, uh, you know, you can tell he's, marketing and, and stuff of, of his program and branding. I think it's really, really, really good. And I think when you come from a place like Alabama, I think obviously they, 
they, uh, that's important to what they're getting done and the recruiting level that they've been at and things like that. And you read enough about it and you figure out he, he had a huge part of that. So it's been, uh, been neat to watch how he does what he does, you know, and I think over time there's definitely some stuff that we can learn as far as how he puts things forward. Hey, I just like the fact that um, he, he, he actually knew players' names. He knew your name. He knew players' names. You know, right off the bat, I'm like, okay, all right, he's uh, he, he's done some research here on, on the women. So very good for That's him. That's right. He's he's done it somewhere. No no question. Prepared. He's prepared. Good luck this week. I, I will talk to you soon on Zoom. I'm sure, but uh, good luck this week. Is uh, let's get that sweep this time. Uh, that way, um, that way, I can talk about how brilliant you were on Friday and Saturday. And Saturday, and I'm with you. Yeah, that, that would be good. That would be good. I, I, I appreciate you having us on, and, and uh, we're excited about the weekend. And, um, yeah, I guess we'll be back yeah, next weekend, back at home. And we, We've had good crowds, and, and I guess I'd, I'd like to say thanks for that. I mean, we, we've, I think when you look at everything we've gone through, I feel like our, our fan base, and they're, they're tremendous. And um, you know, We just talked about Coach Huff. I think he's learning that right now about what kind of special fans we've got. But we, we've really had good atmospheres, and some of these some of the places we go to, you know, it's it's not the same. And I think our our people here have done a good job of, um, you know, it, it feels like basketball for our team, and I appreciate that. Good luck, Coach. I'll, I'll talk to you soon. And, um, again, uh, we're planning on a sweep this week. No pressure, but we're planning on a sweep. Let's get it. Let's go get it, man. Thank you. Tony Kemper, head coach of the Marshall women's team, sweeping FAU this weekend. I've already put it on the schedule. It's going to happen. We will talk about the Marshall soccer schedule when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. The Marshall men's soccer schedule announced this afternoon and the Thunder Herd's going to be home for the majority of the season, it looks like. Only road games are going to be on March 2nd at Akron. March 6th against the University of South Carolina. March 18th, taking on UK. That'll be in Lexington. And on the 24th of March, uh, a road game against the Mountaineers. So getting WVU on the schedule, I'm sure, is uh, important to both programs, as I thought uh, that generated a lot of excitement for both Marshall and West Virginia soccer when they last met. And then, of course, uh, the road game will be uh, the final road game will be at a UAB. And that'll be on April 10th. Home schedule looks like this: uh, February 3rd against uh, VCU. Then on February 13th, uh, West Virginia University Institute of Technology. And then on the 16th, February, Lipscomb University. And then ETSU will be home with the Herd on February 23rd. And then on February 27th, home matchup against Bowling Green. So you're starting the season with five straight home games. And then you have a home contest with FIU on March 13th. And then you got a couple of road games um, in between the next home game, which will be Old Dominion. And that'll be on March 27th. And then... FAU on April 3rd, and then you've got Charlotte on April 17th. So, really, you're going to be on the road at UAB, WVU, UK, South Carolina, Akron. That's it. 
it's not a bad schedule. And, of course, plenty of home matchups. That means you get an opportunity to see the herd. They should be fun again. It's been a while since we have talked martial soccer just because of the way these schedules have been playing out and trying to figure out how to schedule all of these sports and do it safely. And you know, there was that moratorium for a while, but you've got the schedule, meaning we're getting closer to some semblance of normalcy. Again, some semblance. Not completely there just yet, but still. So I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, of course, uh, VCU starting things off. And um, I guess the thing is uh, about this is um, you know, your conference schedule is pretty good. You've got WVU right in the middle of your conference schedule, but you know, I mean, you're playing South Carolina, FIU, Kentucky, Old Dominion, FAU, UAB, and Charlotte. That's your conference schedule. And then you've got some pretty interesting matchups there in the non-conference side of things. So that's Marshall's schedule. And of course, head over to HerdZone.com, get a complete printable schedule, and you can follow along with that. But uh, I think that's going to do it for this edition. Uh, don't forget, uh, coming up, Tomorrow, we'll hopefully hear from the head coach himself, Dan D'Antoni, as Marshall getting ready for the home contest this week against FAU. And hopefully here in a few days, we'll have some more official word. And I really don't want to talk about it until it's official. I mean, we can throw speculation out as far as what the coaching staff's going to look like and what's been confirmed by what source. But until there's official release and, and paperwork's been signed and everything, and you know, we've got something that we can talk about. I've held off a little bit on the football coaching side of things just because we got plenty of time. Yeah, plenty of time. That's going to do it for this edition. Hey, thanks for tuning in on this Monday. We're going to be back at it tomorrow. Do it all over again here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 7BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.